glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Luke chapter 8, verse 18 comes following the parable of the sower and the seed. And that has everything to do. Jesus has much to say around the parable of the sower and the seed about how we hear. Uh, He told in this text, if you read Matthew 13, he explains why he used parables. He explains it to his disciples. I don't know about you, when I speak, um, I'm a preacher, it's what I do, I want to make the message so clear that no one can be confused about what I'm saying. I'm learning Jesus didn't always do that. Sometimes he concealed the truth in a parable so that those who didn't want it couldn't get it. He spoke and he, he thanked the Father that he had revealed heavenly truths unto babes. He spoke in such a way that the intellectual, high-minded people turned him off from the word go. Now, from my, I'll say again, I'll speak as a, just a human. If I knew there was an extremely educated man in our midst, someone that was... Um, brilliant, had a tremendous education and intellect, boy, I might try real hard to, to, to preach in such a way that he would see the high intellectual value of Scripture. I hope I wouldn't do that. But there might be a temptation to speak to that man. Those are the very men that missed what Jesus had to say. And the Lord Jesus taught and preached in such a way so they would miss it. May I say this? I believe the Bible is written the same exact way as Jesus spoke in his ministry on earth. I believe it's written in a way that if a tremendously educated and intellectual person has a tender heart and they're poor in spirit, they can grasp it and they can see the depth of God's wisdom and knowledge. But I also believe it's written in such a way that those who are high-minded and delight in their own wisdom will reject it outright and say that's nothing more than a man's book of fairy tales and fables and they will miss what God has to say because of the way he has given his word. You have to approach God's word by faith if you're going to get anything out of it childlike faith. And so Jesus, having concluded the parable of the sower, the seed and the sower, he deals with those four conditions of heart. And then he has this to say in verse 16, and then we'll focus in on verse 18. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not uh, be known and come abroad. He says this, verse 18, Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. What a statement. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Now that statement is used in another parable about the the stewards who were given talents. One man took his talents and invested. He had five, and he invested those five and made five more. Another man was given two. He invested the two and made two more. Another man had one. He took his and buried it in the ground, did nothing with it. And the Lord said, take the one from him that has one and give it to him that has ten. And they said, Lord, why? And he said, take from him that hath not and give it to him that hath, because this man was a poor steward of what he had. And you know what? This is the same context. We are stewards of the mysteries of God, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4. He was. We are stewards of God's word, meaning Jesus Christ saying, I'm depositing truth on your ears. You be careful what you do with it or I'll give what I'm giving you to somebody else. 
I will give my word to someone who will receive it. Well, I believe this. You be careful, and we must be careful, rejecting the word of God. If you read Romans 1, there are those who eventually get turned over to a reprobate mind. Why? Because they've rejected the message of creation. They've rejected the message of God in their conscience. And therefore, God turns them over. God turns them over to not be able to hear. And you say, what point does that happen? God doesn't articulate that. What I'm saying is there's a point where God does not owe us to speak to us again. So we better take heed how we hear. Don't take it for granted that you're going to always have the opportunity to sit in church and hear Bible preaching. It is not guaranteed that the young people sitting here tonight will be in church in 10 years. That will depend on how they hear. These kids are raised in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and midweek. That means nothing. We've got to take heed how they hear. I mean, it means something, but it means nothing if we're not listening to what we hear. My wife and I have discussed many times the turning point that took place in our lives when we were teenagers, and we've both agreed. I don't think we use this, this phrase, but we've both agreed it had to do with how our attitude was toward the Bible. There came a point where the Word of God became extremely serious to us at an individual level, where we both came to the conclusion, I cannot ignore what God's Word says without serious consequences in my life. And I'm going to take what it says seriously. I was 16, she was 15, we came to that conclusion to where it was something very personal. We said we cannot ignore what the Bible says. So our attitude toward the Bible, what I would say is this, the way we were listening changed. We changed in our heart, God dealt with us, and we changed the way we were listening to what he had to say. And so when it was spoken, it had more weight on our ears than it ever had before. Uh, And so, especially in a very practical way. Having said all that, let's go to the book of Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 15. And as I said ahead of time, we're going to give you three types of ears in the book of Proverbs. And it's very interesting because I believe there is a, as the order will look in them, you could call it a regression. If you're not the first kind of ear, you're going to be the second kind. And if you are the second kind, you're certainly going to end up being the third kind. You'll understand that statement here in just a little bit. And so then Proverbs chapter 15, uh, verse 31. Let's back up just to... Um, well, that, we'll just start there, but I want to read down through verse. Uh, I want to read down through verse thirty-three. So thirty-one through thirty-three. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor. Is humility. This theme that's put forward in Proverbs 15, 31, and 32 is literally throughout the entire book of either hearing and receiving reproofs and instruction or rejecting that. Now, almost always we read this and our mind naturally uh, goes toward folks that are younger, people, young people that aren't adults yet because it's written, my son, my son, my son. How many of you know that some of this instruction was given to Solomon when he was a grown man before he became king? David was handing the kingdom over to Solomon and some of these instructions were given. If you read when David charges Solomon to build the temple, Solomon's nearly a 40-year-old man. So let's be careful not to think that this idea of receiving reproof or receiving instruction is applicable only to the young people. Undoubtedly, that's the best time to get a hold of this thing. 
But the fact of the matter is, if we ever get to a point in our lives as God's people that we do not see our need to be reproved, instructed, and corrected, we will steer off course and shipwreck. It doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter if it's the preacher or if it's anybody else. If we get to the point where we do not think ourselves to need instruction so that when we receive it, it offends us, we're going we're gonna to steer off course. Gonna, the beginning of folly is when I begin to despise reproofs and instruction. Now, let me just say, the word reproof is used over and over, and we'll use it some in the message tonight. Throughout the book of Proverbs, it's found over and over. Reproof is really pointing out uh, uh, something and, and convincing of an error or wrong, convincing of truth to the point of convincing of error. Reproof is really being told we're not right, we're wrong. A correction is telling us how to get it right, but I want us to remember tonight the divinely ordained sources of reproof in our life before we get into this so that we can know where the noise is going to come from that needs to not just be noise but a voice of reproof. The first, uh, the first source of reproof is, of course, what? The Bible. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, uh, for, uh, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, speaking to a man very recently, and he said, well, it seems to me then what, what we were talking about, this idea of how we respond to the Bible. He brought up some questions. He said, I've been asked these questions um, you know, if, if God gives us a free will, this is the question, if God gives us a free will, then why do we get punished for exercising it? And so we dealt with that, and I said, you know, but ultimately that question is rooted in a wrong attitude toward God. It is really saying God's wrong for judging us for something he shouldn't, and so the question's hard to answer because it shouldn't be asked, Right? I mean, that's the truth of it. That question shouldn't be asked. But here's the thing. As we began to discuss that, he said, so it's kind of like this. And he said, he said, the, he said, the issue is this, isn't it? He said, they just don't want to hear it anyway, do they? I said, you're correct. He said, that kind of troubles me. So that means if a man's out here drinking and partying around and running around, he doesn't really want to hear the Bible because the first thing he's going to read is that it's telling him he's wrong and what he's enjoying. I said, you got it. <laughs> you're on the right track. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And so the Bible is a reproving book. It's filled with reproofs of instruction. May I say this? If we have an aversion to the Bible, this is probably the number one reason we do. We may not recognize it right away, but the Bible is not there to affirm. It's there to correct and so then the Bible, all scriptures given by uh, uh, inspiration is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. The Bible says the Holy Spirit himself reproves. He reproves the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So the Spirit of God, the author of the Bible, is the reprover. The Bible also says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove. And so God called preachers are a source of reproof. That's, that's one of the jobs, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. In an age where preaching is, is by the culture called upon to be majority positive, the Bible calls upon to be majority negative, then positive. That's God's recipe. And so uh, the preacher is a reprover. The Bible says parents, if you read Proverbs, are reprovers of children. Uh, we are to use the rod and reproof to correct children. Rod and reproof, meaning the, the pain associated with wrongdoing and then the instruction that connects the dots between the sin and the pain. 
the rod and reproof, give instruction. That's parental authority. So think about it tonight. The Bible, and especially the Holy Spirit through the Bible, preachers and preaching and parents are the primary sources of divine reproof in our life. How many of you know Satan works to turn our hearts against every one of these sources of reproof? To get us agitated or distrusting of our Bible and therefore of the Holy Spirit. To get us agitated and distrusting of our preachers. To get us agitated toward and distrusting of our parents. He does it. He works very hard to disrupt these relationships so that he can cut us off from life. When you cut people off from life, what's that called? It's called murder. He's a murderer. So he wants to cut us off from the very thing that gives us life. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And so then this issue of the ear and how we use our ear tonight is vital. How many know that the ear is a gate to your mind, which is a gate to your heart? So what we give our ear to is going to affect what we believe and what we do. Uh, I'll never be able to perfectly guard the influences of my home, but I I have some walls built. There are things we won't listen to. There are things we're not, there are preachers I won't listen to. There are, uh, there's music we're not going to listen to because of the source behind that and where it leads. I have that as a personal conviction. I have it as some convictions in my home. And I would encourage you to always assess where you're at and adjust. I've had to adjust mine many times. Probably have to adjust it again to make sure that the influences in our lives are not feeding idolatry, covetousness, or some other form of of disruption in my relationship with God. And so our ears tonight are about most important. So as we start in Proverbs 15, 31... The first ear we come to is the ear of the wise. He says, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. I've watched people, I've lived long enough now to watch people stay in a camaraderie of wise people. Meaning they they abide in the room of wisdom. They don't start making a bunch of foolish decisions. And here's the key. It's never, never rocket science. They are constantly willing to hear the reproof of God's word and the sources of reproof in their life. They're willing to keep their ear open to instruction and correction, and that's what's kept them wise over the years. So the ear of the wise, to give you three things about the ear of the wise that we see through the book of Proverbs. And here he says, the ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. How many of you want to leave wisdom and become a fool? Start making decisions that are down the road going to have terrible effects on you, on those around you, on your future, not only your future in this life, but if you're saved on your future in heaven and how you're going to stand before the Lord and what you're going to hear. Isn't it great? Wouldn't it be great to say, you know what, I'm going to be like Lot. Let's just use Lot as a bad example for just a minute. There was a day when Lot was traveling along with Abram and they couldn't get along with each other. And Abram said, you choose which way you're going to go. And Lot, with that selfish heart, looked down and he said, boy, that place looks good. And he set his eyes toward the plains of Sodom. It caught his eye, just like the world catches our eye. He said, man, that looks good. I think we could really make a good living down there. And he said, all right, family, cattle, let's go down to the plains of Sodom. And he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now, at that point, to my knowledge, after that, no one reproved Lot until the angels showed up in Genesis 19. He went to a place where no one preached to him. 
where no one, uh, no one instructed him. He left the one person in his life that would speak wisdom and truth in his life. And that day he began to be a fool. He made a decision that started taking him away from the influence of God, started taking him toward the influence of the world, and the closer he got, the more corrupt he got, until every day he vexed his righteous soul. In the end, he lost his children, he lost his wife, he lost his influence, he lost his grandchildren, he lost it all. What a foolish decision! It all had to do with leaving godly influence. You say, well, Abraham told him to go his separate way. Do we not realize he could have kept in touch with Abraham? Do we not realize that Abraham at one time intervened in Lot's life and rescued him in Genesis 14? And he could have sat down and said, Abraham, tell me, what am I doing wrong? Lot, you're following your, your impulses and lusts. You, you looked and you saw something that looked good and it felt good and you thought it was going to give you the life and you pursued that. And it was the beginning of folly. And so I just say this tonight, the ear of the wise... Is, is the person that is attentive, number one, attentive to instruction. There's a difference in hearing instruction and hearing instruction. How many have ever, um, I'll just use me as an example. When I was in school, we were homeschooled, and, and uh, for all the homeschooled children here tonight, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you come to your work, there are instructions. I used to see a little box that says instructions. In my work, that's what it said instructions. That's how I knew what was coming next was instructions. And my mom would say, don't forget to read your instructions. So I would, just like I read a policy and privacy agreements when I'm about to put my little initials at the bottom. Yep, got it. Ding, ding. <laughs> I can now technically say I read it. I speed read it. I haven't got a clue what it's saying. It's a bunch of lawyer jargon. I couldn't care less. If I didn't want your service, I wouldn't have got on here in the first place. You're just making it so I can't sue you, so click. That's why I used to read my instructions. Then I would flunk my quiz or my test and wonder what happened. And I remember being a time I wanted to try to appeal. Well, you know, I don't think this is a fair question. Did you read your instructions? Uh... <laughs> Go back and read your instructions. Do you realize 9.9 times out of 10, if I had actually heard my instructions instead of just hearing them, I would have done fine. They told me exactly what I was supposed to do. Sometimes I would flunk a, a quiz or a test because... Maybe I would circle, or uh, they would say, circle the incorrect answer, and I would do the correct one. And then read my instructions. And at the end, you say, I'm such an idiot. I didn't have to create all this extra work for myself if I would have just listened. Right? My mom told me in school, she said, Nevin, you cannot cut corners, and it worked. That's being lazy. You want to cut corners and have the same kind of results as if you were diligent. It doesn't work that way. You got to listen, you got to pay attention. So the, the, the wise ear is, first of all, attentive to instruction. Look at Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to kind of fly through some things here, but let's listen carefully. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. This word incline is used repeatedly. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Let me read here what the Bible says. Proverbs 4, 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear 
unto my sayings. All right, so the word incline means to give a tendency or propension to the will or affections to turn or to dispose, meaning you bend your ear down with the intent of hearing what I have to say. Put all other distractions aside, put all things else aside, and listen closely to what I have to say. Listen, every person in this room, we need to learn to read our Bibles this way. Not simply read so we can check our box and say, okay, I'm on schedule, I'll finish in a year. I believe you need a schedule or you'll never get through it. But our purpose of having a schedule is not to say, (laughs) I did it again. I read through my Bible again. God has instructions for us. Every one of us are facing things where we need wisdom. Whether you're a young person or an older person or in between, it doesn't matter. We all need instruction. And we are supposed to be reading our Bibles with an attentiveness to say, I know God has some instruction for me today. I want to listen very carefully to what he's saying. And by the way, he can take genealogies and give you instruction. He can, if you're listening. If we're listening, God can give us instruction. How many of you have ever read the genealogies and came away saying, God knows everything, all the details. He knows the details of whose son was who and whose grandson was who. If that's all the instruction you get out of it, it tells you this, he's a lot smarter than me. His records are a lot better than mine. I'm just trying to say this. We must listen to the Lord, whether it's in Bible reading or during preaching or when parents are talking or whatever mode of reproof and the Spirit of God is tugging at our heart. Let me tell you something. Here's one of the ways you can figure out if the Spirit of God is trying to tell you something. When your conscience is dinged, pay attention. The Spirit of God is trying to prick your conscience and say, something's not right. You know what we normally do? We learn how to just shove that aside. Well, it's just probably my personality. Well, it's just probably this. If the Spirit of God is tugging at your conscience, stop and say, Lord, if you're trying to speak to me, I want to understand what you're saying. The wise ear pays close attention. How do you know that paying attention does not happen on accident? Paying attention with our ears is a discipline. It's something you have to make up your mind When I'm being spoken to by a source of godly reproof in my life, I'm going to intentionally listen very, very closely. It is the fool who pays half-rate attention when the Word of God is given, when instruction is given. No, the wise person says, I want to listen very closely to the instruction, whether it's about life as a whole or how to carry out some task. I'm going to listen closely the first time so that I know how to do what I'm supposed to do. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 17. We're talking about the wise ear is attentive to instruction and reproof. Proverbs 22, verse 17. Bow down thine ear. Get your ear down closer than here. And hear the words of the wise. And apply thine heart unto my knowledge. Can I give... Let me just use this illustration. We are living in such a time where... Evil is so accessible. One of my great burdens for my children and every young person in this room is how accessible it is. I don't. I don't. I heard a preacher say the other day, the most vile behaviors of men can be watched in moments of time today. Whereas used to, you had twenty different things that were a blockade to keep you from that, and you had to seek that kind of thing out. Today, you want it. You got it in your hand. That fast. More than ever, young people, you listen to me. I hope you're listening. 
you better listen closely to the instruction of this book of Proverbs as it relates to the foolish man, to the foolish woman, to the wicked man. The Bible will spell out for you what a wicked man. I know some young people tonight that are out of God's will, living in sin because they listen to the wrong voices in their life. They listen to someone that encouraged them, do your own thing. God describes those kind of people in this book. Yeah, there's, there are three chapters, Proverbs 5. You young fellows, listen to me for a minute. Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 that tell you what a strange woman is like. God's Word says they're on the corner. They're on every corner today. And you young men, if you don't want your life to be a heap of trash... You better listen closely. I would encourage every young man in this room, you ought to read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 every week of your life. And when you find a strange woman, don't you worry about what she thinks about you. You get away from her, whether it's on a screen or she's walking down the street. God says her way is the way to hell. What the Bible says. That she'll lead you astray and ruin your life. And the wicked man in Proverbs, he's everywhere today, yeah. I can't go into great detail. Detail dealt with a man in the jail this week. And tough, difficult, hard situation for my own mind to deal with because of some things this man has done and pleaded guilty to. Vile behavior and acting like he's innocent. <laughs> Those kind of people are called predators for a reason. They are looking for someone ignorant enough to listen to what they have to say and believe them. So the wise ear says, I'm going to listen to instruction. If I'm warned about something, I'm going to stay away from it. If I'm warned to steer clear of something, I'm going to listen real close to that and take it very seriously. The ear of the wise is attentive to instruction. The ear of the fool says, well, let me tell you what a lot of young people have said. Oh, there they go, overreacting again. Don't you be so sure. A lot of young people's lives have turned into old people's lives laying in shambles because they didn't listen to their oversensitive, overreacting, overworrying parents, grandparents, and preachers. You know why it seems like overreacting? Because you're not wise enough yet to recognize danger. And there are people who love you who are. So the ear of the wise says, I'm going to listen very closely to my instructors. Sunday school teacher, parents. Older Christians who've walked the path before, they may not fulfill an official position in your life, but they love you and they love God. The Bible says, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. That's a general phrase about younger Christians. Listen to older Christians. If you've not been living for the Lord as long, you listen to somebody who has and knows what they're talking about. Listen and be attentive. So the wise ear is attentive to instruction. 23.12 says, apply thine heart unto instruction and thine ears to the words of of knowledge. If I could say anything, and this is not, again, message is to everybody, but all young people especially, learn to love your Bible. Learn to open your Bible and listen for God in the pages of your Bible. How many of you know how sweet and precious it is when God begins to speak through the pages into your specific circumstance? Listen for that. Open your Bible and look for God to give you something that will strengthen you. Be attentive to instruction. The ear of the wise, attentive to instruction. That is because the ear of the wise appreciates instruction. I want you to give yourself, adult or child, young person like, ask myself tonight, what is my attitude for being told I'm wrong and how to do right? How do I feel when, when 
whoever, whether it is the Bible or my parent or my pastor, teacher dealing with me, how do I feel when the lesson gets very personal and I realize it's showing something wrong in me, that I'm wrong? Do I bristle in pride and get angry? Now, that's a natural temptation. That's a natural reaction. You don't have to keep that, though. You can reject that and say that's wrong. Do, here's what happens. You will have a problem being attentive to instruction when you realize how valuable it is. When you realize, I mean, I'll tell you something. I'm living my life tonight by the sermons I've heard preached and the chapters I have read. And the instruction of my parents. I'm living my life based on the things my parents taught me from the Bible through the preaching of God's word and the godly Christians who've gone before me who are older than me have shown me. There was a time where I see, they said, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Our family structure, how we structure time. I've had two men, uh, both of them in heaven now, pull me aside and said, Nevin, I want to talk to you about something. One of them said, when I was in the ministry, I had a first-rate church and a second-rate family. He said, I promise you if I could do it over, I'd have a first-rate family if it meant having a second-rate church. He said, I let my family go while I pastored and ministered. And he said, if it means your church doesn't grow by leaps and bounds for you to minister to your family, you minister to your family. My Grandpa Bob pulled me aside and said almost identical the same words. When he was 70 plus years old, he said, Now listen, he said, I did not take the time for my children growing up that I should have. Don't you make the same mistake I did. You get two men telling you, you say, where's that in the Bible? Where it's a lot of places in the Bible, but I'll tell you what is in the Bible. You younger submit yourselves unto the elder. Uh, one of the things that frustrates me today is a younger generation discounting a host of things an older generation fought battles to hold the line on and say, that's irrelevant. They're, they're narrow-minded, legalistic, whatever terms they want to use to discredit, dismiss, and throw away the counsel, instruction, advice of the elder generation. There's a lack of appreciation for instruction. But you know what? The wise ear says, I value being told what's right, what's wrong, the right way, the wrong way. So the ear of the wise is attentive to instruction because the ear of the wise appreciates or values instruction. Proverbs 18, verse 15, The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise does what? Seeketh knowledge. Seeketh knowledge. We're in a knowledge world. I mean, there is knowledge at the tip of your fingers uh, we're, I mean, we can, you can learn about just about anything on YouTube. I say, we're going to start getting people that are, have master's degrees and you're going to say, where'd you get your degree? Oh, YouTube university. <laughs> but it amazes me. I see a generation of Christians who spend a lot more time accruing secular knowledge than they do spiritual knowledge. And no wonder we have carnal people because we're spending an inordinate amount of time learning about things that are not sinful or harmful, but to the point we ignore the things that actually make a difference. People say, I don't have enough time to read my Bible. Then you figure out what's keeping you from that and change it. Appreciate the instruction of God's Word. Amen? Uh, and so then, people say, I don't have time to be in church. You know one of the reasons? This can say, it's, it's hard for the preacher to say this, but it needs to be said. One of the primary reasons people need to be in church? To hear preaching. And if I be the preacher, fine. If it's another preacher, fine. We need preaching. I need preaching. I listen to preaching because I need preach too. Uh, it's refreshing to me to hear some other guy preach the Bible. That, that is, that, I can't really reprove myself. I need reproved. And so the fact of the matter is, we need to be in church if for another reason to hear the Word of God preached and taught. 
Now, if we're so mature as Christians, we don't need that anymore. Well, I'm already foolish, aren't I? So the wise ear is attentive to instruction, appreciates instructions, therefore he seeks instruction, and not only that, applies the instruction that's given. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 12. Here's the thing, and this is the key verse on this first point, and then we'll move a little more quickly to the next two. The Bible calls here the ear of the wise an obedient ear. Isn't that interesting, an obedient ear? It means this, I listen with the intention of obeying my authority. I don't listen with the intention of figuring out how not to obey. I listen with the intention of how to obey. So let me, let me give you an illustration. Um, let's say you got a couple of kids. Our kids like playing in the water. Um, and let's say these kids say, boy, I want to go play in the water. And they've already decided today's a good day to play in the water. So they ask mom and dad, hey, when can we play in the water? They've already decided today's a good day. We just got to get mom and dad's stamp of approval on it so we can go do it. And mom and dad say, you know, not right now. Right now we need to be getting ready because we're about to go out the door. We're going to go visit these people that invited us over to their house today. And the kids are listening. When we can play in the water, they say, okay, so we can play in the water as soon as we get back from our visit. All right. And they go lay out all their play clothes uh, for playing in the water when they get back. Mom didn't say they could play in the water when they get back. Mom said, we don't need to be thinking about water right now. We need to be thinking about getting ready for going out the door. So while they're getting their water clothes out, it's time to leave. And mom says, all right, let's go. And they go, we're not ready. Because they didn't listen with an ear to obey. They listened with an ear to play. You with me? Now, we as adults do the same thing. Lord, please give me direction. Please, Lord, you know this is what we, what we need to do. Would you please show me how to do it? That often doesn't work. You say, Lord, show me what to do. I've already decided I'll do whatever you say. The obedient ear has decided before instruction is given, I will obey the instruction before it ever comes out of the mouth of the Holy Spirit of God or the preacher or the parent. This is why we'll say sometimes we should sing I Surrender All before the preaching and mean it. If we'll go into the preaching of God's Word, God does not have to twist our arm behind our back to get us to make decisions. We've already decided. All He has to do is make plain His mind and will. We've already decided we're going to do it. That's what it means to have an obedient ear. You listen so differently that way. When you've already decided whatever instruction is given, I'm going to do it instead of, I'm not sure if I'm going to like the instruction that's given, and I may need to figure out how to get the instructor to change his instruction suitable to me. Well, you can get humans to do that, but God just doesn't work that way, does he? No, we have to approach him with an obedient ear. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 12, verse 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. I can only say this. In that, part of my life is a parent and a pastor. It is not difficult to parent or pastor children or people whose only desire is to listen to and obey the instruction of God. At that point, my only job is to be a communicator, right? A wise reprover upon obedient ear. And whatever role you have in your life, if you're in, a, in any kind of an authority, those you've raised children, you know what I mean. You have a child that doesn't want to obey. You find yourself constantly explaining, 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 explaining. Well, we have to do it this way because they, already, they don't want to do what they're being told. So what that child does not need is more explanation. Amen? 
They, they need other means of instruction. <laughs> the child that wants to do right, you can explain if they didn't understand, they'll say, can you run that by me one more time? I want to make sure I understand what you're saying before I go do what you tell me. And you tell them, they say, okay, it's not hard. And so my point is this tonight. The ear of the wise is attentive to instruction and appreciates instruction because they already have planned on applying that instruction. They have an obedient ear. So the ear of the wise is obedient, and therefore it's inclined to instruction. It's seeking knowledge and understanding with the intent of obedience. Number two, we come not only to the ear of the wise, now we come to the ear of the wayward. Go to Proverbs chapter 5, this chapter that warns against the strange woman. Proverbs chapter 5. Verse 1 says, My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding. Of course, Solomon's writing here, speaking to his son. Obviously, his son Rehoboam didn't listen too well. Did he? He did not. Uh, Here we go. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep Knowledge. You're going to read all the way down through verse 14. For the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell, lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable. So she's constantly changing the way she does things so that you keep your focus on her and not on the path of life. Her ways are movable. She's unpredictable. That thou canst not know them. She doesn't want you to figure out where she's leading you. All right, verse 7. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way. How far from her? See, see, how, see how, show how strong you are and get as close to the strange woman as you can without being overcome. God says there are some things so dangerous, the only way to protect yourself is stay far away. I'll repeat myself, young men. Stay far away from the strange woman. Don't tinker around with that kind of thing. It's deadly. And he says, Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house, lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel, lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. Well, we've seen that play out over and over. And thou mourn at the last, when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. Hey, listen now. And say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly. I can go back into a season of about three years in my youth that a number of things nearly did me in for life. And I can tell you this. Simple obedience to my parents would have spared me from every one of them. Every one. There are adults sitting in this room that have scars on your life tonight and you can almost inevitably take those scars back to not listening to your parents. Those parents may have been lost. They may have been carnal. But parents are God's ordained instruments to give instruction. And here's what God's saying. If you don't listen to instruction... You don't, if you're not attentive, this guy here, Proverbs 5, that says, you know, how I hated instruction, my heart despised reproof. I'll say this to any young person here tonight. Pay attention to me. Hey, pay attention. If I despise reproof, I'm going to get off course. 
It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Truth? It's truth. And so here's the, here's the thing. The, way, the ear of the wayward, number one, is indignant toward instruction. How I've hated reproof. Hated reproof. And one, one of the things that troubles me the most that I can see, and again, I'll speak to young people, is when a young person is told, this isn't right, and you can watch that. I go, oh, no. Whether it's my children or somebody else, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Not good. Not good. Because what happens is the, the ear of the wayward, he says this. He says in verse 12, and say, when you've been consumed and your body's being eaten up with disease because you didn't listen to instruction, you listen to the lips of that strain, miss some. Which is more appealing? Something that tastes like a honeycomb or something that's got a little bit of a bitter bite to it? Let me ask you this tonight. Uh, Captain Crunch or Alka-Seltzer Plus? That's an easy one, isn't it? That's easy. I hate Alka-Seltzer. I get runny noses and I get all kinds of things. My parents are like, here, I'm going to tattle on myself. You want to try Alka-Seltzer? I'm like, I'd rather die. My kids, they take it and they're fine with it. Oh, Alka-Seltzer. So we do Claritin, right? Praise God for Claritin. One of those a day and it does the same thing. My point is this. You got to choose between Alka-Seltzer and Captain Crunch. That's like choosing between the strange woman and the instruction of your parents. That strange woman, and by the way, that could be, it's obviously literal. But listen, it's also false religion. It's a, it's a false religion that says, you're wonderful. You're great. You just need somebody to come alongside you and appreciate you. And I do. I appreciate you for who you are, unlike your parents who are constantly on your case. I love you as you are. And if they loved you, they would accept you as you are. Not on your life. They love you. They're going to try to help you. And they're not going to accept you as you are because as you are is not what God wants you to be. We've got to be changed. Transformed means I need changed. I praise God. I remember one day I'm in my living room. Some of you have heard this story before. And I had a horrid temper or lack thereof when I was a child. My sister, Alicia, and I, we had spats back and forth. And she had provoked me and I was easily provoked. I had a three-legged wooden stool, and I picked that thing up like this. And my mom said, you're going to murder somebody someday. She was as serious as she could be. If you don't rein your temper in, you're going to be a murderer someday. I remember putting that stool down and thinking she's right. Now, I didn't rein my temper in like I should have at that moment. I'm 40 years old. That was probably 31 years ago, and I've never forgot it. You know what mom was saying? You are not what you're supposed to be. And you need to be changed. You, you are not what you're supposed to be. Now, what would, what would be more appealing? Hearing my mom say that or one of my friends say, Yeah, I would have hit her with it too. Eh? Captain Crunch and Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> you listen to me tonight. You, tell, you find somebody that constantly tells you what tickles your ears and makes you feel good about yourself. You look out. You look out. That person does not love you. They're trying to destroy you. And so then tonight, the ear of the wayward is indignant toward reproof and instruction, despises it. Proverbs 23, verse 9 says this. Proverbs 23, verse 9. Again, we need to move more quickly. We're about out of time here. Proverbs 23, verse 9. The Bible says, Speak not in the ears of a fool. Why? For he will despise the wisdom of thy words. You know how Jesus said this? Cast not thy pearls before the swine. 
lest they trample them underfoot. Give not that which is holy to the dogs. You find somebody that hates instruction, don't waste your time. There's no need to waste the time. You can't help them. A fool, someone that's committed to doing wrong, sometimes, sometimes I think some people, sometimes there's misunderstanding. Why, why aren't you go after so-and-so? Why, you know, so-and-so's not where they ought to be. Why aren't you pursuing them? I mean, I say sometimes it's because that's been tried and proven. That person doesn't want to hear. Don't speak near as a fool lest they despise. What does the fool do? Despises. That word's used twice. I hate when I'm told I'm wrong. That's a a, a characteristic of of a foolish ear, the ear of the wayward. Number two, it's indignant toward instruction, therefore it's inattentive to instruction, the ear of the wayward. I was almost, uh, he says, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers. So what's his confession after he's been destroyed by his sin? I've not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me. Obey means I'm given instruction. I modify my life to match up with what I'm instructed to do. That's what it means to obey. I submit what I want to that which I have been told. When it tells me I'm wrong, I adjust my conduct to line up with what I'm instructed to do. And so then the ear of the wayward, he doesn't do that. He's inattentive. He said, I didn't obey the instruction I was given. Proverbs 21, 13. May I say this? I have a lot of regrets. I'm forgiven those regrets, but I have a lot of regrets in my life. They're all attached to disregard and disobedience to instruction. Everyone. I have a number of decisions in my life I don't regret at all. They're all attached to listening and obeying the instruction was given. Isn't that ironic? That's amazing how that works. And so then the ear of the wayward is indignant toward uh, reproof and instruction, inattentive to it. Proverbs 21, 13 says, Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. He's not only inattentive to instruction, he's inattentive to others in need. Hey, stop your ears at the cry of the poor. God says, and you're going to cry and not be heard. It's the same foolish ear that turns off instruction and turns off cries for help. Not have time for that. All right. And then Proverbs 28, verse 9. We'll use both these verses again in the next point. Proverbs 28, verse 9. Uh, the Bible says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. I mean, know that Jesus Christ still governs in our life and gives us law. We're not under the law. We are under the law of liberty. We're free to do right, and we are under that law. And if I am inattentive to my freedom to do right and don't care, then God's going to hear my prayer. That's a principle throughout the Bible. If I regard iniquity in mine heart, the Lord will not hear me. So the ear of the wayward is indignant toward instruction and reproof, inattentive to that and also to the cries of those that are in need, And therefore, in the end, the ear of the wayward will be inflicted with pain. The Bible says in 21.13, you stop your ear to the cry of the poor and I'll stop my ear to you. If you disregard my instruction to you, meaning when I'm instructing you from the Bible by the Spirit of God because you're my child, I'm instructing you through the preaching because you're my child and you just turn it off when you ask me for something, I'm going to turn my ear off to you. I don't know about you. I don't like God not listening to my prayers. Some say that's an Old Testament concept. I beg to differ. Read 1 John chapter 5 we, he, and chapter 3. He hears us because we keep his commandments. And Jesus said the condition to answered prayer is obedience. And so then uh, there's an infliction of pain. We read Proverbs chapter 5. The flesh and the body are consumed... It's describing what disease does to the person that disregards God's instruction about their personal conduct. And what happens is, I ignore that, and I don't know that I was a fool until it's too late. 
until I'm paying the consequence. So there's the ear of the wise, attentive and appreciative and applying instruction, but the ear of the wayward despises it, ignores it, and then has to suffer the consequences for it. Finally, there's the ear of the wicked. Say, isn't that the same as the wayward? I think they're often the same person. But the emphasis here in this point is not so much in what is not listened to, but what is now listened to. Don't miss this final point. If I choose not to listen to God-given instruction, I will listen to those who will destroy me. All of us are listening to someone tonight. We are either listening to God-given instructors and reprovers in our life, or we're listening to someone else. You're either listening to the Holy Spirit tonight or you're listening to the world and your flesh. And one of the fellows in jail was given some difficulty in one of our meetings and he said over and over, I don't listen to voices. I don't listen to voices. I don't listen to voices. And I tell you, he does. What he's saying was, I only listen to myself. I don't listen to any outside voice. Not so. Not so. We might have the same idea. No, I just, I'm a self-guided person. I try to think things through and make the best decision. If we turn our ear away from the instruction that God gives us, we have opened our ear to deception and destruction. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. So being a wayward person who despises instruction turns me into a wicked person who delights in deception. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. May I say this? We've dealt recently in different times with the necessity of having an honest heart if we're going to receive the Word of God. What happens is, is when I hear the reproof of God's Word, so let's, let's use a lost person first. They start hearing the preaching of the gospel, and what it tells them is, you are condemned. God, the condemnation of God is on you. And they think, man, I don't like that. It's a dark concept. I don't like the idea of being condemned. And the Spirit of God keeps telling them, you've sinned against God. You're in trouble with God. You're condemned. You're going to be judged in hell someday. And that lost person thinks, nah, I don't like that. And so they start turning it off. Any message that makes me think I'm a condemned sinner on my way to hell, I won't listen to. And one day they flip on their radio and they hear a guy saying, God's grace is so broad, so high, so deep, and so rich that he would never dream of casting one of his own creation into an eternal place of torment. And they go, now that's what I thought. And they just believed a lie because they rejected the truth. And they'll perish for it. There are those who say, you know what, I hear all this business about saved people being separated and holy, and I hear what the Bible says about that, but that just seems, it seems too narrow. Something doesn't, doesn't settle well with me. Right, it's called a cross. Crosses aren't comfortable. And they think, I, I think this whole separation thing, something's wrong with it. And I know what the Bible verses are. I've heard, I, I get that. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. It, it makes me feel like the way I'm living is not right. And I already know I'm living right. I've been saved and I love God and I know I love God. And I can't imagine, you know, continuing to do something that's wrong so long as a child of God who loves God. And, and yet I'm hearing that the way I'm conducting my life isn't right. And pretty soon they say, you know, anything to do with separation, I've just got an off switch. And then one day 
they hear a voice that says, you know what? Some very well-intended people have taught you that if you love the Lord and you're saved by grace, you should live this narrow life with standards. Let me help you some. Those folks are maybe well-intended, but the grace of God is so broad and so high and so deep and so rich that you're forgiven and all your sins are forgiven and you need not even think about that. All you need to think about is how God loves you as his child and wants you to be filled with joy and happiness. And they quote some verse about the plans God has made for you not to destroy. I heard a preacher point out the other day, do you realize the context of that verse? I know the plans that I have for you. It's in the midst of them being in Babylon in captivity for their sins against God. No one ever seems to mention that. It's always mentioned, and God just wants you successful, happy, and prosperous. And all of a sudden, because I've already got a fleshly disdain for separation and holiness, I hear a preacher that tells me what I want to hear, and because I've rejected what the Bible says and the instruction I've been given, I open my ears to that, and before you know it, I've had an adulterous affair, and I wonder what happened. Don't miss from saying that. It is vitally important how we respond to divinely given instruction. The wicked ear has an ear for liars. Don't get upset at me, please. One of the things that really troubles me most about our last election cycle is how many people got an ear for deceit. We, We were told some provable lies on both sides of the aisle, and people decided, I don't care what's said, this is what I want to believe, and so this is what's true. And when you try to speak the truth, ah, ah, Don't do that. Okay. All right. But we're going to have to pay the consequence. Amen? And what's troublesome, even COVID has revealed a willingness on a part of a lot of people to believe lies. I've mentioned this many times. This is the verse I'm talking about. The deceiver has an ear for liars. You say, how do false prophets and false teachers fill their buildings? When we spend our every day deceiving ourselves, guess what kind of a teacher is going to catch our ear? A deceiver. Having itching ears, they turn their ears away from the truth. And so then, the ear of the wicked is inclined to deceitful words and indefensible against destructive words. I've heard it said it's dangerous. It can be dangerous to have your mind constantly under the influence of the truth. The dangerous, it forces us to choose what we're going to do with it. See, once we know the truth, we're either going to receive it or reject it. The question tonight would be this as we close, what kind of ear do I have? Do I have the ear of the wise that appreciates instruction, says, you know what, the instruction I'm given doesn't always make me feel good, but I know it helps me. I know it sheds light on my way, and then I know what to do, what's right, what's wrong. And therefore, because I know it's good for me, I'm going to pay close attention to it because I intend to apply it. Now, you may be sitting here tonight saying, you know, I'm not perfect at that, but God being my helper, that's my heart. I want to listen to what God's telling me through the scriptures, through preaching, through parents, through divinely appointed spiritual leadership. I want to listen. And so I've got a ear for that, and I need to work on how I apply it, but the fact is that's where I'm at. Or am I the ear of the wayward tonight that every time I'm told I'm wrong, something inside of me goes, I don't like that. Be careful. Next thing you know, I'll be ignoring the instruction I've given, ruining myself. And then 
instead of having an ear for the truth, I'll have an ear for lies. I'll believe lies and I'll be destroyed. Tonight, it's up to us. You know what's interesting about this message? It's given as instruction. That's the way it's given in the book of Proverbs. Do you know who will say, man, I really want to be very careful how I listen to God's word? The wise. Every person in this room that says, you know what? I want to pay close attention to this message tonight. In the future, I'm going to pay attention to how I'm listening. That would be wisdom, right? Those that say, eh, not good. 